OTBGAA. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Alright, it is Thursday evening on Off The Ball Delighted to be joined by John Giles How are you keeping, John? Okay, Nathan uh, There's been a, a lot going on this week A couple of Champions League semi-finals And for many yeah. people, the final uh, within there Of Real Madrid and Manchester City uh, One all over in Spain on Tuesday night. What did you make of the City performance? I thought it was quite good, Nathan. You know, Real Madrid are a very, very good team, great manager and Ancelotti. Uh, and I thought they responded well. Uh, I thought De Bruyne, was, De Bruyne was very good. Sometimes I think he gets a bit cranky with his teammates. Now, but he, he performed well, really well against Madrid. He took his goal really well. So it was a top-class match, you know, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I'd say City should be favourites now going back to uh, going back to Manchester. De Bruyne has had an interesting season in that the World Cup was a real struggle from with Belgium didn't seem happy on the pitch or off the pitch there, and there's definitely been more of an inconsistency to his performances for Manchester City. But when you look back on the biggest games of the season. Real Madrid on Tuesday night, the match against Arsenal, Liverpool, both games against Arsenal, yeah. in fact, in the Premier League, the 6-3 against Manchester United earlier in the season. Like Generally, De Bruyne has stepped up when it's mattered. Yeah, he's that type of player, uh, Nathan. Obviously, he's a very, very talented lad. But, uh, you know, if you go back to the World Cup, he did a piece in the paper where he, he said, I can't do it on my own. I need some help from the players. You know, that's not good, especially mm. to the players around him. Uh, I think uh, Guardiola had a goal him not so long ago. I think he left him out in a couple of matches, and uh, he, I think he booked up since then because when he when he does play, I mean, and play at his best, he's really, really top notch. Uh, and I think in recent times he's been playing very, very, very well. But I think Guardiola had a goal him. I think he, you know, he, I think he's, he's a moody type of individual uh, mm. who demands a lot of people around him. You know. Uh, which is okay as long as he's doing it himself. Um, but he's, he, he has stepped up in, in recent matches, there's no doubt. The fact that it is the biggest matches is massive for Manchester City, that they can rely on him to deliver on the big occasion. Is there a bit that he's 31 now, he's going to be 32 during the summer, that maybe it's just he's struggling for a bit of motivation for the run-of-the-mill, week-in, week-out league games? Yeah, well, it shouldn't be. You know, like when you're a pro like he is, it's like... If, if you do that, you're letting your, your teammates down. Mm. You know, if he's not going to play well, it, well, that it involves everybody else in the team because he's in a position in the middle of the field, as we know, where you expect him to do. It. You know, he can do it, and if he's, if he's I, I would doubt that. It's just he's a moody type of individual anyway. I think he needs a bit of handling, uh, but very, very, very talented. And I think Guardiola, you know, saw that in him and said, "Look, unless you get out, get gets going again, uh, you'll be out, or you'll be gone, or whatever else he has to say to him." Mm. But in recent times, in the big matches, he has played well, and I thought he played well the other night, and, and an excellent, obviously, an excellent goal that he did score. 
What did you make of how it worked out in midfield? We obviously have such high standards for Luka Modric and you know for a large part of the games again he showed that usual control. How did Manchester City uh, compare to that Real Madrid midfield? Um, I think in the second half they did. You know, it was the first time I've seen Modric maybe getting tired, Nathan, in the second half. Mm. You know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't dominating the game like in the first half. I thought um, Madrid were on top. Second half, City definitely got on top. And we didn't see uh, uh, Modric. That's unlike him, Nathan. I think he took him off a little bit early as well. You know, maybe maybe the years are catching up on him. But, uh, you know, in City's, City's midfield, like, he would, I think, at his best, dominate the middle of the field. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he's, he's had a bit of an injury as well over the last... spectacular things, Nathan. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Nathan. I was, I was just going to say, Modric's had a bit of an injury as well over the last couple of weeks, so maybe, as you say, there was that bit actually of fatigue in the second half. Yeah, I think so, because he's more, he's the type of player that can dominate the game. City don't have a, have a player that can dominate mm. the game. They've got Rodri and you've got Gundogan. Uh, you know, De Bruyne does it in flashes. He's not, he's not a, a player that does it all the time, and but it's very, very effective when he's at his best. But they wouldn't have a, they wouldn't have a Modric. So I I was disappointed in Modric because he's he's a great player as we know, but he didn't really do it uh, against City the other night. Manchester City have had so many sporting catastrophes in the Champions League over the last four or five seasons where you felt this was the year they were going to do it and suddenly there'd be a concession of two or three quick goals and they'd find themselves out of the competition. When you look at the performance on Tuesday and heading into the second leg next Wednesday at the Etihad. Does this City team look better than what's gone before over the last three or four years to, to deal with whatever Madrid throw at them? I think so. I mean, if you go back to last year, I mean, they looked like they had the game tied up. Mm. You know, Madrid are very, very good at that. I mean, Ancelotti's a, a great manager and great players in there. They still have, well, it's not over yet, Nathan. It's probably the best chance of, of doing it now. It looks like on paper it's the hard one. The real hard one is away from home. And now they're at home. Are they going to use that? Use the advantage of that? I I think they will, but that's uh, you know. But I, I I wouldn't. Well, I don't put any money on it anyway. But I wouldn't be surprised at anything that Madrid do. Now I'm not trying to work it out. I'm tr- what what I'm saying is I think City will do it. Yeah. Uh, but I I certainly wouldn't. I don't think anybody would write uh, Madrid off by any means. Ever since they are capable of doing it, but I think City are a situation now. But unless unless Pep does something <laughs> totally different again, well, you that, know, he, that's what I was going to ask you. That everyone still I, goes back know? to the Champions League know. final and leaving Rodri out. It does seem when you look at the team that lined out the last night, which was the same team that started against Arsenal, that actually yeah. he's he's keeping it incredibly straightforward. I, I, well, I think so. I think that's the way it should be. I mean, if we go back to the Chelsea match in the final a couple of years ago, he was all over the place. He, he, he played. Without a midfield, you know, mm. from nowhere. I mean, he's, he is inclined to do that, but in recent times, I, I think he's picked his best team uh, for these particular matches. And certainly, I think he picked his best team the other night. There was no messing about with it, you know, playing too many forward or that. They, they, were, they were good. The match was good. Madrid started very well, but, but City played well, and, and, and a good goal got them back into it, which should give them, uh, you know, Back at home, unless he does something unusual again, and at the moment he's not doing that type of thing. They won again in the Premier League at the weekend. Uh, 
tight enough game for the last few minutes against Leeds a 2-1 victory uh, you were on last week talking about Sam Allardyce and I think it's fair to say you weren't having him uh, and the impact he could make was there any signs in the fact that Leeds stuck in the game that you know they, they made for a nervous finale that over the next three games that they can somehow get the results that will squeeze them out of the champi- uh, the relegation spots I didn't see it Nathan to be honest I didn't see that against uh, 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 City right at all I mean the, uh, we saw Haaland in recent times then he, he, could, he could have had a heart, hat trick in the first half mm. so there wasn't I don't think there was any great pick up from Allardyce for it, uh, uh, against City you know City didn't take their chances I mean I'll tell you what things happened at least Leeds under Bielsa I know it's going back a bit was concentrating on attacking 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 and obviously, if you're attacking in Fairmount, you don't have to defend so much. Because Leeds were never good at going to be else at defending. But they were very, very good going forward. And they, they won their fair share of matches doing that. But if you look at Sam, Sam did, as I expected him to, most people expect him to do, was to set out to defend. I mean, they hardly got a kick on a kick, a kick of the ball in the first half. And then Haaland is missing chances. So I, I, think he got, I think he got away with it. I think Haaland has been taking them, as we know. Uh, and uh, I think he got a lucky break. There was a big controversy over the penalty incident, mm. uh, which I think he was right to go mad over that. I mean, Haaland is, is the penalty taker. And because Gundogan, and they're winning 2-0 at that stage, uh, Nathan, three, three finishes them off uh, totally. Uh, but because Gundogan was on a hat-trick, uh, you know, Haaland said, take it. You, like, you don't do that, Nathan. If you've got a penalty taker, he's a penalty taker. And it should be whether they're winning six nil or losing six nil. He takes the penalties. You know that's my that's my take on it, because Gundogan finished up missing the blooming thing, and then 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 in football, as you never know what's going to happen, uh, Lee score and make it two one. It's all nervy now. It's I never believed in, in in it, Nathan. I got into a bit of trouble myself at Leeds with the crowd. We were playing in a European Cup match one night, and we were winning six nil, and Albert Albert Johansson was on a hat trick. And uh, the crowd was shouting for Albert to take the penalty. And I said, no, I'm the penalty taker. You know, I take them in the good days, I take them in the bad days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the crowd ever forgave me. <laughs> well, did, you, did you score the penalty? I did, yeah. That's all right then. But, but it didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, from then on, I, I never, not that I cared too much, but I never got in the first three of the player of the year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But the Albert love was gone. You know, Albert was a star with the with the crowd, which yeah. is fair enough. But I just never believed in it. You know, if, if, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. You're the penalty taker. You t- you take it, not on the good. You do it on the good days and the bad days. And I think that's why Pep was going mad the other day. Although I think he should have established stronger than he has done that nobody takes the penalties unless the penalty taker has taken them. Mm. You know, he went mad afterwards about, about, about what happened. But, but I think it should have been established from day one as a penalty taker, uh, Nathan, that no matter what the score is, the penalty taker takes it. I, I did. A, I made a mistake one time myself in, in, in a situation like that. It was an international match. and uh, I think it was against Turkey. And they, were not a, they were a fair team. But we went three up at half, before half time, And Ray Tracy took, scored two. And we got a penalty just after half time, and I let Ray take the penalty. 
shouldn't have done, and he missed it. And they scored too, Nathan, Turkey. And why did and you let? Why on. did you let him take it? Hmm? Why did you let him take it? Because he's on a hat trick. Yeah. It was stupid. I shouldn't. I, I never didn't do it myself at a club level, and I let Ray do it because, to be honest, I did think we were we were, we were home and dry because they were terrible in the first half, Turkey. And just after half time, this was to make it four 0 But Ray Tracer let him down. Ray missed it, and they went on and scored two goals, and we hung on. I was stupid. It was my fault. Don't say I'm surprised. Stupid, at I you. didn't do it. I didn't do it at club level. When I was taking penalties myself, at least I wouldn't let anybody else take them. I went, got soft that night. <laughs> never again, never again. Never again. I shouldn't have done it in the first. I, did, I didn't get on to Ray or anything. It was my own fault. I shouldn't have, it shouldn't have happened. I did honestly think I was home and dry. But I was experienced enough at that stage to know that you're never home and dry until the whistle goes. And that, that happened last week. Pep went mad. But I think Pep should have established it more much stronger than he did for the penalty taker. It was Haaland that gave the penalty ball to, to, to Dundigan, Gundigan uh, to, for his hat-trick and it did look like it was all over but it never is. Mm. You have to just you have to just learn from it. I learned from it early on with Albert Johansson but, but it didn't do me any favours with the crowd. I didn't care about that to be quite honest. Yeah. Wow. But it's very important. It's yeah, are, you so sure, important are you sure it didn't you know? affect you when you but, were thinking about the Ray Tracy thing? You're like, I want the Irish fans to to love me. I saw what happened with Leeds, didn't finish in the top three of the player of the year. And <laughs> is that going to happen with the Irish supporters? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I did let Ray take the penalty. Yeah. You know, Robert Johansson, I said, no, he's not taking it. So yeah. I, I changed my mind on that one. I should never, never have done. And it, was, it proved that Ideally, last week, if you're looking for it, Gundogan misses the penalty, and they go and score, and now they're, now they're hanging on. You know, because you're assuming, but if you're the penalty taker, you're the penalty taker. And uh, It was strange, all right, because City have had so many problems with penalties over recent seasons. Um, if Aguero wasn't on the pitch as to who was going to take them, and they've missed an enormous amount of penalties, it almost felt, watching it, that Haaland was trying to be something that he's not, that he was trying to look like the ultimate team player and not this selfish goal scorer that he needs to be and has been better than we've ever seen in the Premier League before that he has his 35 goals he's broken that record he has his 51 goals in all competitions he's over the half century that now he almost needs to be a bit more generous to his teammates when it's really not the time of the season to become that guy yeah I I don't I don't think he was thinking that deeply about it Nathan to be honest now but when when Gundogan was taken Taking the penalty, mm. I, I I didn't in, in my head think. Well, it was so far in front, you know. This was really to finish it off, but it, it just proved to me again: it's never over till it's over. You know, I, I think what happened with uh, with with Howland uh, is he thought it was over mm. as well, and 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 when the penalty before the penalty was out, I didn't see Pep jumping up to say no he's not to do it he jumped up after he missed it <laughs> you know because I thought he would, I didn't think it would matter too much I thought he would score but I didn't think it would matter that much but that happens in football he misses it and then Leeds go down and score out of the blue now you're in, now you're in trouble now it's literally before the end which it was yeah so, but it should never happen in the first place I mean I made the mistake doing it but right Tracy shouldn't have done it and I nearly paid the price. We finished up winning 3-2. And did but, uh, did Ray thank you? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> he missed it. And he never got his hat trick. He didn't get his hat trick. No. 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 Now, no, no, I, I, I went unprofessional. On it. I mean, at Leeds, I wouldn't let it happen. Yeah. But I really did think we were winning three 0 I thought it was no problem, and as I should have learned in football, it's, it's never over till it's over, yeah. Nathan. No matter what the score may be. I mean, in the match last week, City were killing Leeds. They were killing Leeds, and this was a hat trick opportunity. And I thought there'd be no problem on it, but it, there was. I mean, it's scored immediately and make it two-one. Now anything can happen, but I didn't think it was a good performance by Leeds by Sam. I mean. The, I think when, when Bielsa was doing his stuff, it was attack, attack, attack when they, whenever they possibly could. That was never Sam Allardyce. And Leeds were never good defending. Never good under Bielsa. And I still don't think they're good defending. I think they got away with it last week. And I, it's, it's, I, I, I'd be worried for them if I had to be worried. Well, they're running out of games. Know. And we saw a remarkable day on Monday where Everton go and score five at Brighton. Yep. Nottingham Forest beat Southampton. So Southampton are all but gone. Leicester are also right down there in huge trouble as well mm. in the relegation zone. So Leeds yep. have only three matches left. They play Newcastle on Saturday. Then they go to West Ham before finishing up against Tottenham. When you look at the performances, is it just going to take one of those freakish results for them to get a win that there's there's little or nothing you're seeing on the pitch that would suggest they're going to go and win a game? No, I don't think so. I mean, Sam, Sam when he at his best, well, he might, he would say his best, uh, when, he, when he was managing before, was never an attacking manager. Right. He was a defensive man, definitely a big defensive man. So, Leeds under Bielsa was an attacking man, not good defensively. So I don't think Leeds have improved defensively. You know what I mean? In other words, he's changed. with Bielsa they won matches because they were brave enough to go for it. I don't think Sam will, will go with this. I think Sam will go out defensively like he did against City mm. in the other matches. And I don't, I don't think it'll prove to be right. I'd, I'd really, I mean, I'd love Leeds to, 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 to escape, but I... I don't really feel that they're going to do it. Up the other end, it's been a pretty interesting few days, particularly in the race for the top four, where Liverpool have now won six games in a row without being totally convincing probably in any of the six games. But they're hot on the heels of Manchester United, who were beaten again by West Ham and Newcastle who lost that game against Arsenal uh, the Arsenal-Newcastle match like it did it didn't look like a game between a team that was second in the league and third in the league like both sides probably showed why they're having such strong seasons in that match would you agree? Yeah I, I thought Arsenal were really really good against Newcastle I think Arteta was really good he was, they were very positive from the start there was no sitting back with them they went for it from the start and they played I thought they played really well and Newcastle didn't didn't respond. They didn't have one of their good games at all. But with either Arsenal were, from Arteta's point of view, he obviously said, "This is what we're going to do. We're going to go for it," and they did go for it. And the mm. players that had let them down fairly, like Xhaka and Gabriel, were really, really professional in this match, Nathan. So they were very good. I mean, it would, it would be very easy from Arsenal in their position to collapse now with City doing what they're doing. But they haven't. They're still in the, in the race. So it was a very, very professional performance. And I thought they were really, really good. Really good. 
what's going on with Manchester United? Like this felt as though, you know, it was going to be a season of huge progression. They already have one trophy. They're in an FA Cup final, and it looked a couple of weeks ago like maybe they'll get to Europa League final and cruise into the top four. And suddenly, they find themselves a point ahead of Liverpool, albeit with a game in hand as well. What are you seeing from United that explains this decline in form? I don't think they're good enough, Nathan. I don't think they've got good enough players. Uh, they're all right on their day, but they haven't got that uh, attitude that, say, Arsenal have at the moment. They're very inconsistent. I mean, the match last week uh, with West Ham, I thought they were terrible. Terrible. You know, they, some of the positions they have, two full-backs, for example. Fernandez, Fernandez, you don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I, I just don't... I don't think they've improved... Uh, as much as all of us thought they had improved, mm. to be honest. They're too inconsistent, Nathan, in the way that they, they, they play or give away goals. And, it, you know, they, they haven't got the consistency. I think he's improved them. I don't think he's improved them enough to be, say, they're on their way. Right. Not by a, not by a long, long way. Not by a long way. Part of the problem is the goals they've been conceding and another mistake from... David De Gea in that game against West yeah. Ham. Uh, now they're in contract negotiations with him at the moment, and you know there's an argument that when you look at that United eleven, there's plenty of other areas on the pitch that need to be a priority. But if you have a goalkeeper who you can't trust, and listen, De Gea has kept more clean sheets than anybody this season is the other argument, but he seems to make an enormous amount of individual errors. Should that be number one priority for Eric Ten Hag during the summer? Like, are you surprised they're going to extend his contract? I would be surprised, Nathan, yeah, because, you know, in all the teams that, that have done well or do well, historically, have a good goalkeeper. You know, mm. the goalkeepers have to be saving your goals. Like in the last couple of weeks in the, in the European match, he was, he, was, he was bad as well. And then he had a good game and then he had a bad game. But, but it, it, my take on goalkeepers is that they should be saving you 10 goals a season, for example, saving you 10 goals a season, instead of losing you two or three. I mean, I had this place when, when, when we were at Leeds with Gary Sprague. You know, when Gary Sprague was a young fellow coming in, he was a top-class goalkeeper. His nerves went somewhere, is it? But Don stuck with him. Yeah. But it cost us, it cost us like, as I, if you take it in the situation, Nathan, that your goalkeeper's really good, he's going to save you 10 goals a season, right? But he was giving goals away, it's twice as bad. And do you, you know? look back and think how many more medals you would have won if Don Revy hadn't been as loyal as he was to Gary Sprake? I think we would have would have won two or three more. Right. So Don was the type of character. He, he when Don was at Leeds first, he didn't, he didn't he wasn't doing very well, and he took a gamble, well, a football gamble, and put Gary Sprake in. And, and Norman Hunter, three or four or five players, young players, he put them in. And they really did well for them, for him, including Gary Sprague. He was outstanding. And I think Don felt he owed him. That was my take mm. on it, because he made a lot of mistakes, Gary. You know, his nerves went, I think. And uh, it took a long time for him to leave him out of the team. Actually, we were playing Birmingham in the semi-final of the Cup uh, at Sheffield Wednesday. And... He left him out of the team that morning, and, and never and Gary never got back in. 
Right. Never. David Harvey went. And what was but what was the did. final straw? Oh, we won. We won well. We won the cup. We yeah. went on to win the cup that year. That was in 1972. We were playing uh, Birmingham City. They were a second division team. But Gary had made a lot of mistakes, uh, Nathan. That that when you're up there at the top, instead of saving you ten goals a season, we were losing five or six seasons. You know, mm. they're all points. And uh, it took him a long time to do it because I, I think he was that type of individual. Don, the, these guys did it for me, which is good. Norman Hunter, Paul Reaney, Paul Medley. they all come into the team because they weren't doing it, along with the great Bobby Collins. But Gary was outstanding. He was outstanding in the team when they first got in, and then he started making a few mistakes, and it went and cost us badly. I noticed last week it was the uh, the 50th anniversary of the 1973 FA Cup final, but uh, we thought it probably best not to mark that occasion. Was 53? The 73 Cup final. Oh, yeah, well, there was, there was a couple of them, <laughs> Nathan, yeah. We, well, I think we were in three cup, cup finals on the trot. Yeah. And we won one of them. Back we when the Cup was the Cup. Yeah, yeah, that was in 72. Uh and obviously, if you do that, you get a name as runners-up. But you have to get there first, Nathan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if you were beaten in the semi, you would, we wouldn't have had the reputation of runners-up. We'd been beaten in the third round, you know. But the first one we went to was it was the year we got promotion was against a terrific, great Liverpool team. That was in 1965, and we were we were runners-up in the league and the cup. And the other teams we came up with were fighting relegation. But if you do that, you get the name of being, you know, losing. It was a miracle getting there in the first place. But that's the way it was. But we came through. I mean, it only, Leeds won the league twice. We won the Cup. We won the first Cup twice. We won the League Cup. So it, 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 it wasn't a bad list in the end. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that bloody referee, you would have had a European Cup as well. <laughs> well... Could have been, yeah. Could have been. It was a bit dodgy anyway, Nathan, <laughs> I think. John, we got to leave it there. Great stuff as always. Thanks, Nathan. Talk Speak to you again. next Thursday. Bye. John Giles with us every single Thursday here on Off the Ball. And all our football is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports, and Premier Sports. Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.